Welcome to our second season of Shooting the Breeze. This time, we're casting our net wider. We're going to be talking to inspiring athletes, amazing coaches, and behind-the-scenes trailblazers from across the women's basketball landscape. As we start the run-up to another WNBL season and the FIBA Women's World Cup being held right here in Sydney, this is a great time to be a fan of Australian women's basketball. Don't forget to subscribe and be the first to know when we have more hoops goodness headed your way. This week on Shooting the Breeze, we're looking at WNBL free agency in the first of two episodes on this subject. Starting things off, we're looking at Southside, Melbourne, Bendigo and Adelaide. There's a lot of moves to talk about, but just as interesting are the moves yet to be announced as we get closer to this upcoming season. Welcome to Shooting the Breeze. Joining me is my co-host Jacinta Gavind. Jacinta, how are you doing? Pretty good, thanks Paul. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Looking forward to this one. We get a chance to start looking at uh, the WNBL season that's coming up by looking at free agency lists and how the teams are starting to put themselves together. It's going to be really interesting, I think. There's a lot of a lot of interesting moves, a lot of people who aren't signed yet to a particular team that uh, surprises me. And, you know, the cat amongst the pigeons is going to be the uh, AFLW season that's going to run in parallel. So some players are going to have to make some choices about which sport they're going to keep playing. Yeah, it's such a shame that they are running at the same time this year and we can't have one season after the other because I know that a lot of our Australian basketballers or female Australian basketballers um, who are talented enough to play both, I mean, think of all the benefits of being able to play two professional leagues in a year, fitness, skill, pay as well. Um, So it's a shame they'll have to make that choice. And you don't want it to be like a – It'd be a really hard choice where if they had been playing WNBL for so long and if they choose to play AFLW, you don't want the door to play WNBL be closed on them forever. No, definitely not. You know, really good talent that, that's potentially when we're not going to see this season and, and the league's going to be the poorer for it. It's been a bit of a bit of a come down now that the Olympics are over and, and we're getting back into the more regular stuff. Two and a half months before the start of the, the WNBL season and Given everything that's going on, I suppose the biggest question is, is it going to be a regular season? Is there going to be a hub needed or is it going to be some sort of a mix between the two? Yeah, um, and I wonder if they'll have to accommodate for any Opals preparation for the World Cup and and for Asia Cup as well. I don't know if they would have to consider a shorter season to accommodate for more camps or for more players to be available for Asia Cup and things like that. I suspect it will have to go into a bubble again and it will have to be, you would hope somewhere like, um, it would be really cool if it was in Perth or somewhere in Western Australia where the COVID restrictions and um, number of cases have been relatively controlled pretty well the last 18 months or so. And Perth is a really big basketball hub, like, Take it to the fans and make the most of it. I'm not sure what Perth situation is like for facilities, though. Yeah, that's true. I mean, other than the jungle where the Wildcats play, yeah. um, they would surely have another facility where the Lynx play. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that would be a two. And I think there's some pretty big clubs out there that would be willing to accommodate because um, there would have been some clubs that have perhaps hosted a couple of national championships like junior national championships. As for the the uh, World Cup qualifiers, there's going to be a two-week pause. 
Oh, okay. So instead of shortening the season, they're just going to have a two-week break for everyone. So will the season keep going without any allowances for Opal's camps? According to what I'm seeing on the WNBL website, uh, season starts first week of November, final round to be played in March, final series, three-game format for semis and grand final series, grand finals played between 26th of March and 2nd of April. Apart from the, the two weeks, it's pretty much parallels the AFLW season as well. The cat amongst the pigeons on this is what's going to happen with the COVID situation if we end up going back into a hub? What's that going to do for the length of the season? Yeah, of course. I mean, if you've got WNBL players leaving to play a tournament for two weeks, how do you plan around um, coming back on time and having potentially two weeks quarantine in a hotel. be interesting to see how that one pans out, I think. Let's roll into looking at, at some of the clubs. And obviously, it looks to me like, you know, there's been salary cap impacts on some of the team rosters. Southside, to me, it looks like there's been quite a few roster changes. Some of them may well have been driven by the salary cap. What do you think on how the club's starting to shape up? It's really interesting. Um, they've def- they've kept a lot of their key players, core group. So they've kept Jenna, Amy Clydesdale, Sarah Blissars, Beck Cole. So they've all re-signed and will be with Southside again. Interesting additions. Kate Gaze has come from Townsville to yep. sign with Southside, which is good. I hope, like, I really like Kate Gaze as a player and she's had a lot of ups and downs in her careers with injuries. So I hope being um, at Southside that she can be a better fit for them and maybe perhaps get a bit more court time. Um, and yeah. the other big addition is Maddie Rochi. She's left the Caps after a few successful years there and has come down to the Southside Flyers. So um, it's really good that they've kept a lot of the core. Sorry, they've also kept Rachel Jarry, so that's at least five. They have one, two, three, four, five, six players technically on their free agency list. And obviously they've lost Leilani to go to Bendigo, which we'll talk about later. And they've also lost Beck Pizzi. From the outside, it looks like maybe Maddie Rochi's in as a replacement for uh, Mon Conti because Monique is going to go and play AFLW this season. That looks like a fairly, fairly obvious swap. But the thing that really surprises me is by the number of players that, that Southside had that are still sitting on the free agency list. Yeah, me too. So the obvious one that sticks out is Liz Cambage, but I think we can safely say she won't be returning to the Southside Flyers for next season. Yeah, um, I think that would be be too much for the for the salary cap at this point. Steph Blickavs is is another one that, that surprised me. Yeah, that one also really stuck out to me as well. I'm really surprised she hasn't re-signed, especially after having a great – she played really well last season for Southside Flyers, and she's probably um, played a lot with some of the other girls in NBL1 or maybe in other WNBL teams or maybe just of that age group. So she, they all fit really well together. But So that's why I'm quite surprised she hasn't re-signed. The only thing I can guess is perhaps maybe she's got – something else going on in her personal life, which means she might not be able to play next season. But, yeah, I was quite surprised that she's not signed yet. I mean, obviously, looking at the the ones that aren't signed, not only from the Flyers but from other teams, mm. are there any current free agents that you think would be a good one to slot into the into Southside? Well, they've got Emily Harmon as a centre. Um, that's a tricky one because... I feel like the Southside need another confident point guard because Maddie Rochi will play point guard. 
Mm. I guess Amy Clydesdale can play point a little bit, but she she's better as a two in my opinion. So they'd probably need another point guard and they would need another centre. Oh, it's really tricky. Let me just have another quick look on this free agency list. See, oh, see Ali Wilson perhaps. She's a free agent and she's a point guard um, and she's, you know, quite strong in that role as well. I mean, Katie Ray Ebsery is still a free agent, which absolutely blows my mind. Yeah, that's a real surprise too. I'm shocked that she's she's still out there, you know, getting this close to the to the season start. Yeah, definitely. Um, I wonder what's going on there. There must be some. Maybe she has perhaps signed with another club and is waiting on the release from Perth or something like that before anyone can make any announcements. Um, yeah, that could be too. Probably be the safe thing to do. Looking at the other free agents, oh, I mean, the two Bogue sisters haven't been signed. They they're really good backups in the four five spots. It's really tough of the free agents. There's, there's a lot of very talented free agents, but based on what I feel like the Southside Flyers need to complete their roster, they've probably signed some imports that they're waiting to announce. That's the one piece of the puzzle that we're not seeing is, mm-hmm. is the import. So let's watch this space and keep an eye on what's happening with Southside. Yeah, so yeah. I'm guessing they're probably going after um, an import centre and I'm not too sure about what they're going to do with that other point guard spot. The wild card in this is if they turn around and say, hey, it's going to be another hub season, would they go import free again? Oh, yeah. Well, Emily Harmon is American, so I think she would technically be an import anyway. Oh, that's a good question. But then, you know, a lot of other teams, if there is, if we are going into a hub, have signed very good imports have another bite of a championship, I'd be signing an import. Well, keep an eye on, on what's happening with Southside on that. Um, mm. But you're, you're right. I think maybe a couple of imports would definitely fill in some of the gaps. And they're still so, going to pick a couple of DPs as well. Like they've still got Amy O'Neill, Sarade Taylor, Taylor Gillum. Um, they all were, you know, the DP spots last year and neither, none of them have re-signed. So... Interesting to see what who gets those spots too. You can see the core for Southside's there. It's just a question of where's the those last couple of slots and who's who's going to fill those slots. Let's move on to the second of the Melbourne teams, the mm-hmm. the Boomers, who've pretty much settled their roster at this point. Um, they got uh, ten players named, and there's a lot of stability from last season as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ezzy, Kayla, Tess, um, really solid core three for the Melbourne Boomers. Um, Really cool that they managed to get Lindsay Allen back as well because I feel yep. like he was a good fit for them. And um, I think Lindsay Allen was keen to come back anyway. Um, yeah, Panina Davison is back, which is good. Ash Karatiana is back as well. So, yeah, a, a good number of players who are very familiar with playing with each other and playing under Guy Malloy's philosophies. So that's always really handy and really smart when you're building a team. But, yeah, Rachel Brewster's back. And they've added Lily Scanlon as well. And big, big signing, Tiffany Mitchell. If you look at the the core remaining, I'd say the Boomers are looking pretty strong for this upcoming season. Really, it, it looks to me like the like Guy Malloy settled on, this is, this is my core team. And now what I'm looking to do is any little adjustments he's making with new players to the roster are just to try and boost those spots where he felt that maybe they didn't have quite the strength they needed last season. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And then just trying to surround, you know, some of his main players with other talented players, but talented players who are happy to play their role 
as perhaps more facilitators and good defenders and, you know, really good rebounders and things like that, people who aren't expecting to get more court time or expecting to be able to take more shots than anyone else. They're just there to play a role and to help boost the the stronger players around them. Yeah, and, and look, to be honest, I think that's been one of the strengths of the Boomers over the last couple of seasons. It's been a pretty stable team, and you can see – the way Guy Malloy approaches it is if I've got a strong core, then really what I'm trying to do is get those players in who are going to fill in the areas where we're not quite strong enough and we can then challenge for the grand final. Yeah, they have been consistently competitive pretty much since their inception, I'd say. Yeah, pretty much so. I mean, you know, that first season where it, when it became the Melbourne Boomers rather than Bulleen, they've been really solid all the way. And really, I think the thing that they're missing is getting the silverware. Yeah, that must be quite frustrating. They must be chomping at the bit by now to, to get a championship. Other than that, to me, the Boomers have a really solid team and I've got to say, I think they're going to be, they'll be there at the, at the end. Yeah, definitely. Oh, definitely. And it, I reckon they remind me of one of those teams that you play growing up where they're always consistently good and it's the one team you always dread to play because they're so consistent. You know they're never going to have a bad game. All, it's always going to be a tough game. You know what you're getting with Melbourne. Yeah, and if a player's having an off an off night or an off game, there's somebody who can slot in to, to pick up the role. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Like um, Ash Karatiana definitely showed that when she was called up to fill in one of their spots. Yeah, yeah, and she just stepped into that role beautifully and here she is, she's getting re-signed, so. Yeah, I think, it's, I think this is going to be a team that we'll be seeing definitely in the postseason and depending on how the other teams fill those final slots in their rosters as to what's the possibility of them getting in the grand final. The one that's surprising me, though, is Bendigo. Yeah, Bendigo have turned up this season. Yeah. You know, they've named 10 members of the roster's been named. And the thing is, there's been a lot of big moves into Bendigo. Leilani, Matty Garrick, and I've got to be honest, the one that really surprised me, Anley Maley. Really? How come that one surprised you the most? Um, look, given the performance she had last season, uh, which was an absolute standout for her as, as a defensive player, I'm surprised that she left Sydney to start with. Mm. And... You know, if you look at the history of Bendigo, you kind of think, well, there's bigger teams that she could have gone to. But she's slotted into Bendigo, and it's obvious that um, that the coaching staff at Bendigo have a clear plan in their own minds of what sort of roster they're trying to build. Yeah, it, it was a lot of big moves. And I think that the one that surprised me the most was probably Leilani because given she had such a good team with Southside and, you know, to win a championship, yeah, I was really surprised to see her move to Bendigo. But then when I saw that she was signed to Bendigo, that was kind of um, the indication to me that Bendigo were planning something big because if yeah. they're going to go after someone like Leilani and for Leilani to commit, I'm like, okay, they're going for something big, like something is going to, to shift here. And then we saw all these other pieces coming into place. Yeah, and they've named um, Catherine Plouffe from uh, Canada as well. But there's still a core there of uh, four players, five players who've been there for a while. So Tessa Levy, uh, Mary Golding, Cassidy McLean, um, Piper Dunlop and Demi Skinner. So half the team is brought forward from last season and the changes you know, while it's it's still a fairly significant number of, of players changed over, it's more the calibre of the players that they brought in. You can see this is a team that's going to be really pushing hard. And I think they don't make the postseason. They're going to be disappointed. 
and I'd be going to be really surprised. Yeah, I think that's the double-edged sword of going big in one season. Um, yeah, you're right. They have built off what Bendigo, the strength that Bendigo did have before. But, yeah, when they've got big signings like Maddie, Agaric, Leilani, Annalie, and also Megan Mackay from Townsville, I was actually really surprised that she has signed with Bendigo because she only just had her first WNBL season with Townsville after playing mm. in St Mary's, and she had a really good season. Like I really, really like how she plays. Um, and just for the sake of stability and consistency, I thought I was really surprised that she left Townsville and being coached by Shannon to to go to Bendigo. But, yeah, it's kind of the double-edged sort of signing a big team and getting all these really like um, exciting players in, but now it's like your expectations to succeed yeah. uh, have grown. Yeah, well, there's obviously going to be a lot of expectation on Bendigo with this sort of a roster. But, um, I mean, people. there have been people who've said it in the past, you know, where Leilani goes, titles follow. Yeah. <laughs> now, she has a championship with Southside. She has a championship with Sydney. Canberra. And a championship with Canberra. That's right, because I'm like, I'm pretty sure. So our friend Renee Gallup, she always said that she wanted to win three championships with three different clubs. And I'm pretty sure she got two out of three. But see, Leilani's done the three, so it'd be so cool if she could do get a fourth because I don't think anyone has ever done that, have they? Four championships with four different clubs? Not that I can think of. You know, Surely not. That, yeah, I mean, it's a big ask. Let's, let's be honest. It's a big ask, but it, it's a team that's definitely got the potential to make it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, a lot of them are really either coming into their own or they've been consistently good for a few seasons. Um, some really, really good role players like Annalie and Megan Mackay. Um, yeah, they've, they've got it pretty well covered. I think the only spot I can see is, is Demi Skinner a true centre or would you just put Megan? You'd probably put Megan Mackay and Catherine in the in the centre spots, I think. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right there. You know, having watched the performance last season, the one that I really think could be she's a defensive weapon is Annalie Maley because you know there is not a ball that she's just not willing to go for no she's been racking up some really big numbers in NBL one like draw dropping numbers I think one game she had 15 and 17 or something but she just makes it look so easy she just keeps going and going and going and she's just like uh she's she's our version of the mailman Carl Malone I think <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, very true. And I've got to say, I think when you start combining some of these players, and you know, I mean, Cassidy McLean, she's been playing down at, at Bendigo for a while. She's got got a few seasons of experience now. She comes to play every game. Yeah, no, you've got to give her credit. She's also had ups and downs with injuries too, but um, she's always willing to put in the work. She's always really good off the bench too. She knows how to play her role too and she knows that sometimes if she only gets two and a half minutes then she'll give you everything in that two and a half minutes. She's definitely uh, one of those 110% players. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so let's move along to the last of the teams we're going to look at in this show. Adelaide, I'm kind of finding really interesting because of the players that they've announced so far, there's only two new names. Yes, so when I was also going through... The team list today, I did a column of who signed, 
who's still a free agent and who has the team lost. And Bendigo, going back on Bendigo, they lost Alicia Froling. She's going to good caps. And Carly Ernst is pregnant, so that's why she's not coming back, just for those who didn't know and don't follow her on Instagram. Instagram will tell you everything you need to know. Um, (laughs) You're going to put us out of a job. (laughs) Uh, No, we've always got the inside scoop, though. You know, Instagram's just half the story, (laughs) I should say. It's only half. But, yeah, Adelaide, in my column under lost, did not lose anyone, technically. Technically Technically. didn't lose anyone in a sense where people didn't re-sign to other clubs. You know, really surprising, you know, given that we're getting towards the back end of of August and um, we're in that situation. Now, they have brought, and this is a a real surprising surprising one, they got Alana Smith from Phoenix to come into the team. That's going to make an interesting change, I think. Yeah, I'm really excited to see Alana play in the WNBL because she's someone who I know that she grew up, you know, in juniors probably – being um, someone quite outstanding in her age group. But she then she very quickly went to Stanford. And to be honest, I didn't watch any games, you know, any of those kind of college games. So I was really keen to see what she could do and, and didn't get much time this year for the Opals at the Olympics. But she's still fairly young and new to the group. So I'm excited to see what she can bring to the WNBL. Yeah, I think she's going to be uh, a bit of a surprise package, even though she hasn't had a lot of minutes in the WNBA or, as you said, in the Opals campaign. But her performances in, in Stanford, from what little I did get to see, were pretty good. I think she's going to bring an interesting mix into Adelaide. I think the real story about Adelaide is the players that they still have sitting on the free agency list. Yes, yes. So the big ones that stand out for us is Ali Wilson still technically hasn't signed with anyone. Carly Smith as well hasn't signed. And Chris Christy Wallace was on their list. Um, yep. I don't think played. She's had a, a plague of injuries, I'm pretty sure. But um, So it's really nice to see her playing back in the WNBL, uh, sorry, in the NBL1 at the moment. And then Lou Tomlinson's on the free agency list, but she has, in fact, retired. So it's kind of, again, this is another team a bit like a bit like Southside where the remaining players that they're going to sign, which free agents that they've had that they decide to keep is going to really make an interesting mix on that team. Yeah, because I'm looking at what they have, and it's a talented roster. They have quite a few players who... Have definitely got the length um, and the ability to play, you know, as they call a stretch four now. Um, yeah. So Steph Talbot and Alana Smith. They've added Sam Simons as well to the group, who was part of that infamous under seventeen Australian team that won the world championship a few years ago. Marina Whittle's still there. They've added Taylor Brazel as well, who is a um, SA Metro graduate, I guess you could say. It's it's a similar similar note from me like I had with Southside. It's like I can't pick a textbook point guard or a textbook centre in that group, so I'm also expecting them to announce some imports. If they do announce some imports, it's going to make it really interesting in terms of where players like Ali Wilson end up. Yeah, um, Ali Wilson, Christy Wallace. Also, where's Abby Waring? Again, like Southside, the the real key to, to the team and how they're going to perform in this upcoming season isn't so much in who they've signed, it's in those slots that they've still got to fill. 
Do you think people like Ali Wilson and Christy Wallace, who are very talented free agents and, you know, have been in Australian squads and stuff before, um, is there going to be enough time for them to be able to pick up a decent WNBL contract that they're worthy of getting? Well, that's that's an interesting question because, again, most of the teams have announced around eight players if they haven't announced 10. So then you've got to start asking questions about who's going to fill those those last slots. In our next show where we talk about the remaining four teams about free agency, we'll be talking about uh, Sydney. But one of the things that's, that uh, is pretty obvious about Sydney is they've got seven players sitting on the free agency list as at the moment, and they've pretty much announced a full a full slate. So where are those players going to go? Because also a lot of the Australian players, because not forgetting last season, there were no imports. So now most teams will be losing one or two slots with imports that they're bringing in, which is going to make it harder for people to be able to get a contract um, and be able to play with WNBL team, given that you know one or two slots will be taken by imports. Because that's kind of what I liked, though, about the bubble season and having no imports. It gave a lot of people on the fringes of making WNBL squads a chance. It gave them a taste of, of what it was actually like. Yeah. And let them gave them a, a chance to kind of showcase, you know, the rest of the talent that we have that that probably doesn't get seen or recognised. Um, it's a really interesting gap between, you know, being a really excellent NBL one player and then making it up into the WNBL. And there's just like the jump from one to the other is quite big. But there's so many fringe players that could easily play WNBL, but there just isn't enough spots. You're at the point where you can almost see the the pattern to the jigsaw puzzle, and we're now looking for those last few pieces to see how it's all going to pan out. I am looking forward to see how it does how it does work out over the next you know month month and a half. But definitely, there's some other interesting things for us to talk about in the next one about um, the remaining four teams: uh, Townsville, Sydney, Canberra, and Perth, and talking about how they're starting to shape up. Because again, there's some really interesting players. And it's how are they going to how those last few slots going to get filled? But going back to what you were saying about the um, you know some of the, some of the players that did get an opportunity who really made a name for themselves, including you know players like Jade Melbourne, I wouldn't mind seeing another non-import season. To be honest, you know, to have some of the, that talent really get an opportunity to shine again. Yeah, because if it wasn't for that season, would Jade Melbourne? Would she have that chance to play WNBL instead of going over to or while she was waiting to go to college? Would she have the opportunity to stay here and train and then make the gems, have a great um, campaign with the gems and ultimately deciding not to go to college at all? Like her story could have been very different if it was just yeah. a regular WNBL season. A lot of the fans like to see the imports come in, but the one thing that last season really hammered home, we've got enough talent to be able to staff every team and have top quality games all the way for, for an entire season without having the imports here. Yeah, I totally agree. It was a great season last season. Like it really went up a level and we've got enough players to make a whole other team. Like even just the free agents that you mentioned that are in Adelaide, um, Ali, Carly Smith, Christy Wallace, also Morgan Yeager. She used to play, she went to college and played for the Oregon Ducks. Um, yep. Also an Australian junior. You'd be you'd be thinking someone like that would be looking to get another WNBL spot somewhere, but you've got so many players that can make another team. 
and I really worry that there's going to be some people who really should be getting you know a chance to get out there that may miss out purely on the basis if if every team has two two imports that's 16 slots that are gone across the league yeah and for a league that only has eight teams that's huge because then we're still losing players um i shouldn't say losing but we still have got a lot of players talented uh female basketball players who play overseas more than what they play WNBL. like alice kunick played a one season with the flames and then she's been overseas since tolo who we spoke to last week who's going to france uh, Abby Bishop is having successes overseas. Um, Beck Allen, I know, goes uh, was playing for Valencia in the yep. WNBA offseason leading into the Olympics. Um, so, yeah, you kind of also forget about all of that talent that's that's out there as well. Hopefully that's the one thing that will come out of the, the salary cap is that there will be enough stability financially for the league that over, over the next couple of years we'll be able to see maybe another team stand up maybe in southern Queensland where – you know, I know that the WNBL would really like to expand to. Yeah, and they, they, they've tried before a couple of times with moderate success, I think. But it's just, I just, I think we just need to have, you know, the right friends with the right um, vision and bank account to start up another <laughs> team, I think, and business sense. Maybe we should start a GoFundMe page. <laughs> Yeah, yes, yes. I wonder how successful we could make that. Thanks for your time today as we're looking into the free agency. We will have a look at the other four teams in an upcoming podcast. Jacinta, thanks for your time. Looking forward to speaking to you soon on our next podcast. No problems, Paul. Thanks for having me as always. And the next free agency episode is going to be a doozy. Shooting the Breeze can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and iHeartRadio. Don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast with all your friends.